all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? I'm Rachel. <laughs> and I'm the dude. <laughs> and this is all bad thing. <laughs> oh, would you care to explain for those who don't follow us on the social meets what that means, why you introduced yourself as the dude? <laughs> well, apparently that's what a um, a one-star reviewer called me. <laughs> Kept calling you the dude. The dude. Like, I, yeah. Uh, at least twice. I want to say Think three times. So, yeah. And said the, uh, I should drop you. Drop the dude. <laughs> and I, imme- uh, I immediately thought of what everybody else thought uh, of was, was the Big Lebowski. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, the answer is no, we will not be dropping the dude. <laughs> nope. Especially since it's tax season. <laughs> yes. Oh, holy shit. Oh, on a scale of one to ten... One being, I'm super chill. Ten being, you're about to send me to the loony bin. Where am I? You're at like a six. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> and like by... you're showing signs. It's like a like the autism spectrum. Like you're showing signs of going crazy, but not enough, you know, to where you had to be committed. Just be a little bit concerned. Oh, I think that was that was not a great analogy. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't think autistic but, people should be committed. Let, let me put well, it that way. Well, okay, fair. Yes. <laughs> that's. I yes, didn't mean it that way. Good that's disclaimer. How, that's and how also, somebody was taking it. Also, I said the loony bin, and that was not the right thing to say. Some sometimes institutionalization is a very helpful thing and a healthful thing. Yes, the Gen Xer in this case was more woke because I said. What'd you say? I said put them in. Somewhere else. I don't know. Have, <laughs> I don't them, know have them committed. That's what I was have saying. Have them committed. I gotcha. Oh, guys. It's gonna, it's this gonna is going to be a, gonna be a long spring. Long, long spring. What are you drinking tonight? I am having the very delicious burial donuts out. Mm-hmm. Made with Vortex donuts? I believe so. Yes. I believe that is the name of the... Yes. Yeah. Which uh-huh. is literally right around the corner from burial. Yeah. And in, at least a few years ago, in the... Tap room, they served it with a little they donut did hole. Serve it with a donut. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yes, and I did get to try it before I realized it had lactose in it. <laughs> and it is very good. It is delicious. So oh, yes. if you're out there listening and come across, because they just came out with this, it's a limited release every it's year. It's a seasonal, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just put it out like this past week. Yeah, at pharmacy, they had just gotten it in. So yeah, if you it. see it, grab it. Even if you're not a fan of, you know, um, stouts or, and oh, things gotcha. like that, you know. But it's winter time; it's, it's mm-hmm. a good time of year to have a stout. Mm-hmm. And this is, like I said, delicious. I am delicious. Drink- <laughs> delicious. I am drinking the Hiverna Imperial Amber Saison. It has a. I gotta say, yeah, yeah, have absolutely. Go ahead and and and. No, I've never had it, so I don't think you have either. Um, it's good. It finishes a little odd, but maybe that's because it's an amber. Mm, yeah. I'm not a huge amber fan, but it has uh, butternut squash, fresh turmeric, cinnamon, Szechuan peppercorn, and Indian coriander. 
people would think that's a recipe, not a beer. <laughs> right? Well, it's hard to tell these yes. days with between craft beer. Yeah, and, I'm not, uh, not a big fan of that one. It finishes a little odd. It finishes yeah. kind of bitter to me. But it's a nine percenter, and that's what oh, I mean. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had a, a great day today, though. We had a good day. Yes, we have our new uh, serval friend. <laughs> yes, we went to right next to us. We absolutely have to plug this place. Yes. Um, the Carolina Tiger Rescue, which is in Chatham County, like basically Pittsburgh, but pretty much Chapel Hill. And I'm sure all of two people listening will even care or know what that means. But it's like a half an hour from where we live in Raleigh. And it is a really, as we learned through the tour, a really awesome organization that takes in big cats and by big cats we mean just non-domesticated felines wild cats yeah like uh bobcats tigers lions they had the, the we servals, saw caracals we, we saw two two Tigers. different servals today yes uh-huh the, car- the caracals did not come out unfortunately caracals are not making an, an appearance um but we saw two two servals one was a l- cute little three-legged guy named elvis mm-hmm very sweet. Yes. Um, but it's a it's a really amazing organization because they're entirely nonprofit. Most they I believe they do have employees, but they also largely run on volunteers, including the people who did our tour, which was yeah. they did great. Yes, they did. And the fact that they're doing that as of on a volunteer basis is amazing. In fact, I think our tour guide had been said that he had been volunteering years. for thirteen mm-hmm. years. That's amazing. That's really awesome. And they rescue these uh, these big cats from horrific situations, mostly in like abandonment from ex- the exotic pet trade from all over the country. Yes. Because as they said, um, Even they have to get British like, Columbia and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Um, they have to get special permission to take in uh, cats from other countries. Right. Right. But so pretty much all of them that they had there were from somewhere in the United States. Yes. Yes. That, that, that's correct. And, um, the, that's that's a disaster in and of itself, although it's a lot more crime contingent, which is the exotic pet trade and um, just the sadness that is people thinking that it's a great idea to have a literal wild animal as a pet. It's a terrible idea. Yeah, don't do that. Do not do and, it. And if you're listening and doing that, stop it. Just <laughs> <laughs> don't. Don't let it free. No. Call somebody. Surrender to a, an accredited yes. uh, cat rescue. Yes. yes. Because unfortunately, these are animals that now cannot be released into the wild nope. because once of their previous ca- history. Yep, yeah. Once they're in captivity, they right. can't ever come out. And in some cases, like horrifically, they're declawed, like mm-hmm. that tiger we saw today. They, that unfortunately had been... Uh, imagine declawing a tiger. That's I just... Know. Oh. It's... Yeah. It's bad enough when it's a house cat, but ugh. So anyway, Carolina Tiger Rescue, an amazing organization, and the only accredited tiger or big cat rescue in the state of North Carolina, which is amazing. And they said they just recently gotten their international, international accreditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is fantastic. So yeah, it was a cool place. Yeah, it really was. I'm really glad we went. And then we uh, stopped by Southern Peak Brewing for the first time in Apex on our way home and ran into my, my bandmate, Jack, <laughs> my drummer, Jack, and, uh, and the, his uh, wife, Shirley. The fourth greatest drummer in his yes, wife's according, mind. Yes, according to Shirley. <laughs> and we had a great time hanging out with them. So we've had a very pleasant day. It was nice to get my mind off taxes yeah. for a bit and to have a, a 
a good day so we can talk and, about uh, a terrible thing. <laughs> and of course, because you're hearing this on Monday, we're, we hope you're off to a, a good start. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Monday to you. Um, oh, and it's uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day in the U.S., Oh, so yeah, that's right. Some people may have the day off. I don't even know holidays anymore because I just I know I, just I work, work when I work. I know, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, did absolutely want to uh, update and also just mention because we really need to make sure we mention this frequently um, that our listener, awesome listener Alex, mm-hmm. still has a GoFundMe going, and fortunately, and I'm really happy, one of our listeners, uh, Kelsey was like, hey, where where is that GoFundMe mm-hmm. link again? And I'm like, oh, thank you for reminding me. Because it really is something that we need to be posting regularly. Yes. Um, because our, our listener, Kelsey, and, and another listener, uh, and actually I probably shouldn't have mentioned names because I don't know what who wants to share, but at any rate, um, we actually have a couple of listeners who... Uh, have the same condition, one of the same mm-hmm. conditions that Alex does, yeah. which is called, uh, hold, make me, let me make sure I get this right, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, and I could be mispronouncing that because it's two last names. You know how they name diseases and such after the physicians who do work in them, which is really weird. It'd be weird to have like, uh, you know, disease name, like Rachel disease, yeah. <laughs> you know? They're like, what's your name, Rachel? <laughs> oh, like oh, the disease? Oh, the disease. <laughs> That would be odd. Um, But essentially, it's a genetic connective tissue disorder that ranges in severity. um, Sure. Like... As as most disorders do. Correct. And as one can imagine, when something's wrong with your connective tissue, it could be something as simple as hypermobility in your joints, you know, like being double-jointed or whatever, down to, um, from what I read in the case of um, this syndrome, like serious uh, heart issues, aortic mm. dissection, things like that, which is just awful. So um, I just wanted to make sure to summarize Alex's uh, situation. So she is 28. She's legally blind. Uh, and she has suffered, she suffered a traumatic brain injury, which is just awful from, from birth defects and surgeries. She has seizures, um, a weak right side and tons of atomic nerve syndrome, or sorry, atomic nerve damage as a result of the, um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Oh, do we have a kitty wanting to get in? Yeah. Um, oh, fortunately, fortunately, not a big kitty. Not a big kitty, no, because we do <laughs> not pl- have any exotic pets. So that's plenty right. of those today, and uh, <clears throat> if you've never seen a tiger, <clears throat> even slightly up close. <laughs> They're enormous. Yeah, I recommend taking a look, because you won't believe the size of these things. Absolutely. Um, so, so, obviously, because of this condition, Alex suffers from chronic pain, daily chronic pain. And on, I would not wish I, chronic pain I, on anybody. That's just horrific. And, and so, what is... <sighs> Talk about somebody falling through the cracks of the system. Like, it's just... It's... Nobody should have to go through this. It's It's shameful that... There's not that a this big, is what, fat safety net that that's going to That this is what yeah. some Americans have to go through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Absolutely. So she also has PTSD, and as she puts it, basically, you name it, I got it. And that's just, that's just awful, because down from... I mean, this is a uh, um, Ehlers-Danlos is a genetic disorder, so it's literally there's there's nothing you do 
to de- quote deserve it, right? I mean, it just happens to you. The genetic lottery. If she would just pull up her bootstraps, <laughs> everything would be fine. Hashtag strong sarcasm. Yeah. Sac- sorry. <laughs> that was going to be so poetic. Hashtag strong sarcasm. What did I actually say? I'm not sure. We'll 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 leave that up to the. I apologize. The apparently. I'm having a stroke. It sure she sounds might, like that. Might be. We I might, might be. We might, watch. Ha- we might have to up that survey from earlier from a six to a seven after that. Please watch my face. Just make sure. Oh, I'm sorry, Alex. That that what what I was trying to say was not funny. Um, and yet it came across that way. Your situation is not. I understand this. Um, also, keep your eye out for the Apollo 13 script. I did send it to you, um, even though it took me like two weeks to get it to you. <clears throat> At any rate, um, Alex did have a service dog, but unfortunately has been separated from her oh, service dog for months sucks. now, which is awful. So basically, her GoFundMe is to raise funds for her to be able to start um, living in a a safe place where she can focus on her health goals and uh, and alex is no for for what it's worth a alex would be well justified to just be like look i'm just trying to survive day to day and not doing anything but she she's being awesome and doing things like designing t-shirts and um trying to make money in creative and productive ways that she can. But long story short, she really shouldn't even have to worry about that. We should, as a country, be giving her a safety net. But because we're not, um, the GoFundMe page is up. We have given and we will give again and keep giving um, because it's just not right for people to have to go through that and because Alex reached out and because she's a listener and because she's an awesome person then we are 100% behind her so we will keep sharing that so um, and share it with your friends. <laughs> yes, please do. Please do. Yes. Um, and give if you are able. And Even if it's literally, even if, even if it's a dollar. It's something. Yeah. It is something. Mm-hmm. So we don't Absolutely. want we, we don't want to shame anybody into if you don't feel like giving no, that's no. fine or and but, some people aren't able to yeah, and there's and nothing wrong with that and and some people but, have but if you're literally sitting there like fuck it it's a dollar hey yeah and some people have sent you know good wishes saying hey I'm sorry I can't donate but that's fine wishing you the best that's fantastic yeah. too so all right <clears throat> hashtag swish, 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 or whatever I said before. <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen back to that because that was like word salad. I don't know what I was saying. No, before. that was that was like a word blender, like a salad. Like looks nice. Like <laughs> it just didn't even look no, good. No. Huh? It didn't got shredded. <laughs> so pitted. So pitted. You got so pitted. Mm. Straight. <laughs> oh, by the way, follow us at All Bad Things Pod because I'm sure you want to now. Um, yeah. Facebook, Insta, Twitter. Um, email us allbadthingspod at gmail. I'm sorry, I'm a couple days behind responding to emails. I try to catch up occasionally, so it's not because we don't read your emails or care about you. And by the time you hear this, she'll be five days behind. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I know you meant that sarcastically or sarcastically. But uh, 
that yeah no you you, you meant that seriously and you were correct in yeah. meaning that seriously that is, that is absolutely true um and of course rate review rescribe if you give us a one-star review we will happily drag your name through the mud um the dude abides <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> you should have been drinking a white Russian. That would have been. I should have. <laughs> All right. So it, now that it's 17 minutes in, <laughs> I'm more. We apologize. We don't need to apologize That's for true. ourselves. They don't have to listen to this shit. That is true. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. we have to say it, <laughs> and we don't have to drag your one-star review through the mud, but we <laughs> will. We decide to anyway. All right. So. This week, um, this week's episode comes to us from Dionanda. Okay. All right. And I have been given permission from an Aussie to, to uh, pronounce it Melden. Oh, okay. Okay. So now we know where this is coming from. So this is the story of the Westgate Bridge Collapse. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, this, I, I did uh, earlier the I-35, I-35 West Bridge Keep that in mind. Collapse. It oh. will come up later. I believe that was... Well, we've done earthquakes <clears throat> where bridges do collapse. We well, just yes. did one. But uh-huh. like a soul collapse on its own, I right. believe the only, the only one, one? we... I, I think so. We did the Sky Regency Skywalk collapse, which is not a bridge. That you're it was correct. it was a human it's bridge, a, a, a pedestrian bridge, yeah. but it was inside a hotel, so that's yeah. a little different. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I guess we haven't really done a bridge collapse other than that. Huh? Thankfully, they don't happen that often, but when they do, <sighs> and with our infrastructure here in the U.S., I mean, they're going to happen mm-hmm. a lot. They already mm-hmm. are. Yeah, they are. You're right. So, on October fifteenth. 1970, the Westgate Bridge, then under construction, this mm. is a construction disaster actually, mm. in Melbourne, Australia, suffered a collapse that killed 35 construction workers shit. and injured 18 in what remains the worst industrial accident in Australian history. Damn. Yeah, this is this is essentially a workplace disaster. Oh right? yeah. Because this isn't the I thirty five West Bridge collapse was. It was a people pedestrian. driving. Yep. Yeah, well, it was a pedestrian bridge. No, it was a driving bridge. Well, it was a highway well, bridge. Or, well, that's what I mean. It wasn't people working. <laughs> it was a working. functional bridge. Yes. yes. It, it, right. It wasn't. It wasn't under people on the job. It was people going to and leaving their job. Right. Right. It was fully up and but running. But this is people working and 35 yes. of them are 35? 35. Or, Jesus. Yeah. Died from this. Yeah. So our listener, Chris, who suggested the Threadbow landslide, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Our miracle sewed? Not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before. Our middle yes, <laughs> miracle sewed. Um, suggested this topic and also helped by gathering some links, some really helpful link the number one link that he shared that was like nine i don't know like 90 percent of this is based off of is um westgatebridge.org okay which is like a, a, a memorial site uh, okay. uh i don't want to say a fan run site because that's not the right word you know what i mean like um volunteer run that's that's the right word people who want to keep this story alive and pertinent i mean because this is almost 50 years ago yeah because this was October 1970. 
I know it's it's somehow it's 2020. I know, I know. So don't know how that happened. (laughs) Yes. So that was one of the main links I used. Also, um, the Herald Sun. Uh, There are two Herald Suns I use. (laughs) One is a Melbourne newspaper, and one is a Sydney newspaper. Then Wikipedia, duh. But not a ton of Wikipedia. Uh, The report of the Royal Commission of Inquiry into the failure of Westgate Bridge. So the Mm. actual inquiry report, which we will get into. And Engineer's Journal. So. So. We have visited Australia. Australia? Before on the pod. I still want to go there. You are a little um, apprehensive about the flight that would be required. Yeah, I am a bit. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to BS about that. That's a a long flight. It is. What if we went to Hawaii first and then went from Hawaii to Australia? I'd be down with that. Okay. But that's a long flight to Hawaii too. (laughs) Well, but what if we, (laughs) (laughs) what if we only flew in hour long increments to like various islands? No, I'm kidding, but. Um, I was thinking we could go from here to California, because we've already done that. Mm-hmm. California to Hawaii, Hawaii to Australia. Yeah, we'll, <clears throat> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep the audience informed. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you guys on what we decide. love that we're planning our trips on, on here. So anyway, but we, we visited for the Threadbow landslide and also for the Black Saturday bushfires, mm-hmm. which, of course, very unfortunately is kind it's, of panning. I mean, still, like, yeah. it's just it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, in a genuinely you, wicked situation. Have you seen the overhead shots of what certain lakes in Australia <clears throat> looked like before and I after? I don't think specifically. Before, like clear blue... Mm-hmm. greenish water after it's just like an ash color Ugh. it's just yeah and the the it's a fucking it's it's just a it's awful the the um the amount of this disaster will this last is terrible will last forever i mean yeah. it really will yeah it really will um and just the devastation to obviously to people but also the wildlife, the wildlife. is yeah. so oh it's awful so um not to belabor that because we have a, a different disaster to get to, but um, we do hope all of our Australian friends let's, are staying safe. Let's pick up our Australian friends by delivering them a disaster that happened 50 years ago. There we go. So let's you have remember something back else, to simpler times. Yeah, so you have something else to think about. We're only talking about dead construction workers. Oh, it's God. better than the whole country being on fire. Oh, God. Oh. So for this disaster, we are visiting Melbourne. Melbourne. As I've said. Melbourne. The city of Melbourne is on, meaning Melbourne, uh, is on the very southeastern coast of Australia in the smallest state of the country, Victoria, which I think is where Threadbow happened. Although it happened like in the mountainous region, which I think is kind of getting up into New South Wales. Anyway, um, as you know, I'm an Australian geography expert. So, <laughs> so Basically, for those of us who have limited knowledge of Australian geography, most of the major cities you've heard of, like Sydney and Brisbane and Adelaide and Melbourne, are along the east and southeast coast of the country. Yeah. Um, so that little dip down. They're all and coastal around. cities. <clears throat> yes, yes. Yeah. But mostly on the eastern side, mm. really the only major city on the west that most of us have heard of who are not in Australia is Perth. Which yeah, is way on yep. the west side of Australia. So otherwise, it's kind of on the east and the southeast. Um, so just south of Melbourne, across the Bass Strait, is the island of Tasmania, mm-hmm. where the so-called Tasmanian devils come from. <laughs> yes. Um, have you ever seen a real like mm-hmm. picture of a real Tasmanian devil? Yeah. yeah. They don't look like Taz. They don't. 
they're just cute little animals. It's so. it's like you're it's like you're disappointed, but it's kind of <laughs> interested when you're like like oh he doesn't look anything like the cartoon, <laughs> but he looks kind of odd in its own way. Yeah, right. Like nature is weirder than cartoons can make them. That's very true. Yeah. Reality is stranger than fiction. <laughs> yes, and of course, um, is the island of Tasmania, and of course, of its uh, that doesn't make sense. Okay. I was reading my own sentence. What I meant is New Zealand is to the east, you know, right? Because yeah. like the south, the, off the southeast coast of Australia is New Zealand. So anyway, um, Melbourne is the capital of the state of Victoria and is the second most populous city in Australia with about 5 million residents. Wow. A major city. So I'm guessing Sydney. Sydney would be my guess. I forget. I feel like I read it and, and didn't know, but I, I it's didn't It's probably like better. 7, 8 million, something like that. Um, these are major big metropolises. City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, da, da, da. Like many of the most more populated areas of Australia, like I said, um, Melbourne does lie, lie along the coast, specifically Port Phillip Bay, which is an inlet of the Bass Strait, which lies between the Indian Ocean to the west and the Tasman Sea to the east. So that's kind of geography corner. I'm guessing it's probably a, a pretty gorgeous in that area of, I, I of would, Earth. Well, that's why I want to go... To Australia right. so much. One day. One day, eh, mate? <laughs> Good day, mate. <laughs> Austria. <laughs> well, <laughs> good day, mate. Anyway. Uh, several little waterways wind their way. I like that. Waterways wind their way. <laughs> I wrote that. <laughs> I'm trying. We're, I know. We're, we're, trying. Both, we're both trying so hard, guys. I'm sorry. Anyway, into Melbourne from Port Phillip Bay, one being the Yarra River, which runs pretty much smack through the heart of Melbourne. And from from what I can tell anyway, its name comes from the native Australian language of Bunrarung. Okay. Okay. And it, I, I, uh, I looked judges? it up, but it was like 10 judges? days ago. <laughs> judges. Bing. Oh, accept it. Very good. All right. Um, It was originally called the Yarrow, Yarrow, or Ever Flowing River. So that's how it got its name, the Yarrow River. And the river is ridiculously twisty and turny. I'm going to show you. Am I going to show you a picture? We'll see. (laughs) It's anyway. You, the the audience, won't see. (laughs) You will never see it. I will. (laughs) But, like, I mean, literally, it looks like it just is a little curly cute like mm-hmm. how how many twists and turns there are um but it has its source in the yara ranges about 240 kilometers or 150 miles northeast of melbourne now uh much like here in north america and basically anywhere europeans went australia has a how shall we say complicated relationship with its indigenous people <laughs> yeah to say the um, least. That's putting it too politely. That's and, actually the best way you could ever put it. Well, by if by best you mean most forgiving to the white people, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I mean. Um, and back in the day, the Yarra River was very important to the indigenous people of Australia, as water generally is for all people past and present, right? Like, we talked about that in the Great Lakes a little bit. If you look at any like historic war, even going to World War II... What is the one common region they're all fighting over? Oh, oh, a waterway. Water, yeah. 
Well, because just the, of the shipping. There's so much commerce yes. that happens through shipping. Everything. Yeah, and not, and not just shipping, but like prior to industrialization, agriculture, water, mm-hmm. so just yep. even water fishing, yep. things like that. So absolutely. So pretty much every major city on earth is on is water. On or near water, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like um, in the middle of our country, they're usually the All along the, the lakes or the rivers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when European settlers came along in the 19th century, there was a lot of diverting and disruption of the Ara River to serve agricultural purposes. So that's when like the river really wasn't just used, but was um, changed, was disrupted to serve a purpose for people. So in the 1950s, the Upper Yarra Reservoir was built to prevent Melbourne and other cities along the river from being flooded by overflow. So now here's where I have a map. I knew I had one. I just didn't get to my photo queue. So this is just kind of uh, showing where the Yarra River runs. Mm-hmm. Yarra River runs along into Port Phillip Bay. And there's Meaban. Yeah, it's very... Um, very... Little. That? <laughs> just like <laughs> I was going to say it looks like just before somebody flatlines. Oh, yeah, like a little heart, an Just, EKG thing. Yeah, yeah it kind of does look like that. You're right. So I'm going to flip my page now. <laughs> oh, guys, it's like April 18th. I, I don't know what to tell you to expect by the end of March. <laughs> so, Mabin was founded in 1835, named after British Prime Minister William Lamb, 2nd Viscount Melbourne. Oh, okay. They have such... Of the Melbournes. Of the Melbournes. Of the, of the Viscount Melbournes. <laughs> uh, so the town had quite a bit of a boom in the 1850s during the Gold Rush. Very similar to here in the States, there was a gold rush in the state of Victoria. And that quickly made it Australia's most populous city at the time. So there was, it was a real boom town. And of course, like every boom town, what comes after the boom? Crash. A bust, exactly. Uh, and so there was an economic depression that hit in the late 19th century. But as always, after depression, what tends to happen after, say, a war? Again, an uptick. Uh, well, full employment happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there was a little post-World War II boom again. So our disaster today... Oh, yeah, Australia about, was heavily involved in World War II. Yeah. So our disaster today takes place in these post-war years. So like mm. 25 years after the wars end, which is pertinent because we're talking about construction and development in Melbourne. So... And Australia was one of the few regions on Earth, the others being North America and South America, that really didn't see any battle action. Active combat Mm-mm. on that soil. Nope. Yeah. Even though that Everything doesn't... was pretty much left intact. Yeah. Yeah. So right around the time the Upper Yarra Reservoir was wrapping up construction in 1957, and in the middle of Melbourne's post-war boom, business owners on the West side, so you can kind of see in this map, but do you see how where Melbourne is and then where the Yarra River runs? Mm -hmm. It kind of is right through the middle of Melbourne, right? Yeah. So on the west side, um, 
businesses that were on that side of town were starting to speak up about the fact that there was a lack of easy access between the west side of town and the heart of the city across the river. So basically, like, you had to drive around to reach other bridges or take a a not terribly efficient ferry across. So as one would expect, if you owned a business... So there are bridges coming into play. Exactly. And especially, like, we're talking, you only have 50s-era cars. So it's not like you're riding your Tesla to drive around the river or anything like that. So it's made even less efficient by that to get from the east side of town to the west side of town or vice versa. Plus, you're also in an era where, I mean, building bridges is just something humans do now. It, it's a major you know, it's part of infrastructure. Like, you're right. It's like we just do this. Right. I know. I know. And again, sorry to like equate everything to America, but that's what we Americans do especially well. Um, in the 50s is when we in America saw a big boom in a infrastructure. huge infrastructure boom. Uh, yep. Dwight D. Eisenhower uh, highway system, right? The interstate yep, system. Yep, the interstates. Yep. And so, yeah, so that I, I could see that happening sort of all across the Western world, just sort of a post, a natural post-war progression in yeah. development, right? Especially those countries that, like you said, weren't rebuilding everything no and you saw what just happened like okay if another war is gonna happen Mm. which was probably still on everybody's minds okay we cold war era we need to be ready like we need Mm. to have certain things in place and so yeah right so if you if you think about it especially like the business owners were the first ones to kind of grouse about the fact that it was hard to get to the west side of town from the east Like, you're cutting off a large portion of your customer base or potential client base by the fact that they're not able to get to you easily. That they are cut off. Yeah, even though they are physically nearby, and this is a pre, you know, virtual world, everything has to be done in person or over phone at best. So, yeah. So businesses on the west side of town formed the Western Industries Association, demanding that there should be some sort of access near the mouth of the Yarra River. And in 1958, talks began between the government and the Western Industries Association. But the government was dragging their heels a bit because, of course, this we're not talking some cheap undertaking. Oh, hell no. Right? It's going to be expensive. It's a major infrastructure development investment. It's not going to be easy. Right. Exactly. The Minister for Public Works suggested, oh so delicately, that maybe the best approach would be for private industry to pay for this bridge <laughs> like hey you don't say what if you pay for it and then you can do it and this of course led to plenty of back and forth and negotiation and renegotiation and it dragged on for a while at one point an actual business was incorporated to really get this project off the ground and it was appropriately called the lower yara crossing company limited <laughs> By the next year, uh, why well, I don't know why I said the next year, 1962, because I was just talking about 1958, but this is dragged on to 1961. So the next year, 1962, <laughs> extensive surveying of possible sites was carried out. So the the wheels of government grind very slowly. They do. And we're going to f- see that again and again in this. Yeah, you're right. In, in this story. It's, so it, it's frustrating as hell. It and is. But for regulation purposes, it, it makes sense. And remember, regulation equals what? Oh, geez. I'm not sure. What does it equal? So what's the safety dance song? <laughs> A 
That's like there's a song Public with safety. the word safety. Uh, no, yeah. isn't there a song called The Safety Dance? Yeah. How does it go? I, I'm, we won't I get into know. that. Safety. No, <laughs> I'm making it up. No. They're not Send the song help. itself. Send help. Okay. <laughs> By 1962, extensive, I already said that, a couple years after that, in 1964, a committee was formed to try to figure out if a bridge was even the right way to go. So they were considering like a tunnel. Okay, uh, sure, that makes sense. That's an option. That is an option. I also imagine they probably at least talked about or fielded or considered the idea of like a more efficient ferry system. Well, I think here's the main thing. Here's the main thing. Like. We need to make this connection to make commerce work better. That's the whole right, purpose behind yeah. this. Mm-hmm. So they're like, it'll pay off in the long run. We just yes. need to figure out how to do it. And what's the best way to do it? Yeah, because yeah, there there are multiple ways to do it. So uh, what with the city being a port? Remember, Mabin is right on yeah. a port, and therefore there is a so port. This, so this, was a, this would essentially be a very important artery to get to this port. From from land, that's what this would be. Well, so yeah. Not, well, but see, the thing is, it's more about cross town versus north south. No, I understand, but it would yeah. But it would open I things mean, up much much quicker. That's the whole goal here. But see, the main issue was that Port Melbourne is the country's largest and busiest port, even to this day. And the main thing that they were concerned with was if they built a bridge across the Yarra River. Would that interfere with vessels? You know, if the bridge wasn't sure. high enough, it literally could be an issue. Or did they need to do a drawbridge? Or, you know, like there's there were a lot of considerations. Because you know, ships going in and out of this place are yes. fucking huge. Yes, f- freighters and the whole bit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So so they, they like I said, they were th- considering tunnels and, and other options. Um, and in the end, they, they like... Oh, there! Uh, did I say that a committee was formed? <laughs> you might have. I might have. Anyway, there was a committee, and continue. Yeah, there's a committee, <laughs> and the committee in the end couldn't even decide whether they should build a bridge. Like they couldn't decide bridge, tunnel. Which way do we go? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> that reminds me of an episode of The Office. Uh oh. Which way did he go? This way? That way? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, don't 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 ignore me. Oh, guys! Somebody said they really loved Punchy Rachel, so I really hope they're listening right now. <laughs> you're, you're, you're getting a Punchy Rachel on steroids in this episode. <laughs> Holy shit. So the government stepped in. I was like, okay, look. You can't even decide if this should be a bridge or a tunnel. Thanks for nothing. We're going to move ahead with a bridge. So it was determined we're going to make a bridge. We're going to make a high-level bridge. So a Basically a motherfucking tall bridge so that there is good clearance and no br- no boats are going to hit it. Are you enjoying my pain? Is that what I'm getting from this laughter? Yes, I'm trying Thank not to. you so much. Who is the one who did five and a half pages of research in the middle of tax season while you slept during your short week, sir? It doesn't mean it's not funny. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Okay. I am just going to move along and do my best. Damn it, because I'm a professional. I'm pulling for you. I'm a professional, just not in this. 
You're a professional. A professional. So the aforementioned. Thank you. What? A professional. Professional. Oh. <laughs> Okay, now you're getting silly. You cannot get silly while I'm getting silly. Thank you, sir. So the aforementioned Lower Yara Crossing Company turned out to be as ill-fated as the committee. This is good writing. I'm just not very good at reading it. And dissolved in 1965 to be replaced by the similarly named Lower Yara Crossing Authority Limited. So... Whenever they're very close. And that same year, the Lower Yara Crossing Authority Act. Oh, my God. How are we going to get through the second half of this? Because this gets so much more bogged down. Anyway, gave the go ahead to finally build the goddamn bridge that everyone had been yammering about and hemming and hawing over for seven years now. I wrote that. Um, So that wasn't just because I was getting tired now. I was apparently getting tired when I wrote this. It was decided that ultimately... The way this bridge would be paid for was charge the people crossing on it. Tolls, sure. right? Toll bridge. Just pay tolls, exactly. At, at this point, you know, we're talking about the late 1960s. It, toll, that's not a new thing Mm-mm. for a highway system. No, not at all. Um, but more specific. Relatively, it's a new thing. But especially right. at that time, we were like, oh, whatever. And especially now today, it's just like, okay, does, that comes with the road, right? We have to pay for it again. Right, and you don't even have to stop at toll booths anymore. Even those are like uh, dinosaurs and fossils at this point. Like, do you remember stopping and having to like pay the toll booth attendant, or like put throw your change into that weird little thing? Which you could, you could throw it as hard as you wanted to at that thing, and it would still catch it. Yeah, they were built for that because we tried. Did you try to like ping it off? (laughs) No, oh, (laughs) and it took it. Still took it. (laughs) Thank you. Have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Little arm goes up. Yeah, I'm glad we're past those days. Yeah, that that was awful. But anyway, these tolls would pay back for the bridge, technically, right? Because you still have sure. to put the money up front. Yeah. So it was financed. There were there were loans that paid for it initially, um, and the initial construction was financed by the Lower Yarra Crossing Authority. And so, in 1966, a solid eight years after hell began being raised about building it, the first steps were taken towards construction of the Westgate Bridge near the mouth of the Ara River. The winning bidder, because remember, this is a public contract, uh, the winning bidder on the contract to design the bridge was engineering firm Monzel & Partners, who had recently built the Tasman Bridge along the Tasman Highway in Tasmania. <laughs> and yes, I know that's a lot of Tasmans and Anias in it, but... And, the, and that was in the early 60s, so just recently to this um, time. And now we will absolutely have to revisit the Tasman Bridge one day because... I found about like three other bridge disasters as a result of this one, just in my research. And the first thing is that the Tasman Bridge in 1975, a cargo ship hit it. Oh, shit. Really? So it wasn't the bridge's fault. It was the ship's fault, okay. right? And it killed several people. Oh, shit. Like motorists on the bridge and crewmen on the ship. So. That would be the talk about scary as like, hell. What the fuck? You're driving along this drive, 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 da 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 da. And you look and you're like, oh, that ship's coming awful close. Shit, 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 shit. Did you like that? Okay. But at any rate, we will talk about that another day because we just had to have a little break. Yes, we did. 
Continue, please. Okay. So the first step towards constructing the Westgate Bridge was to take soil samples at the proposed site <laughs> proposed site to make sure the foundation was stable. And this was carried out by a company called George Wilmot and Company Limited. Um, warning, we are going to be talking about so many construction companies I'm and sure. names and stuff. It's, it might be a little tricky to keep them all straight. I will try to do my best. Um, and for those who have given us one-star reviews because we're audibly drunk at times, fuck you. <laughs> Around the same time, in early 1966, my... <laughs> Monzell and Partners decided to bring in outside engineering consultants because they weren't terribly confident due to... Are you okay there? Yes. Should I keep going or should I hold no, on? keep going. Due to a general lack of experience in designing bridges of this magnitude. So let's talk a little bit about the size of this bridge, the Westgate Bridge. The Westgate Bridge is currently, because this... Despite this construction disaster, they did eventually finish this bridge. So um, it's about 2,500 meters, which is about one and a half miles or 1.6 miles, I think, technically long. While the Tasman Bridge, which is the other bridge that uh, <laughs> the, the people did. <laughs> uh, Monzel, that's that's sorry. I was thinking of another one of the construction companies. Monzel. Well, you said um, we'd, we'd get into quite a few. Yeah, so I'm, I've got a lot floating around in my head. Anyway, the Tasman Bridge that they designed um, was about half that length. So they're kind of still upstarts, young upstarts in the game of bridge design. And their previous, like, banner project was half the size of this, essentially. Half the length of this bridge um so and the westgate bridge was going to be twice as wide so you know it's it's a bigger bridge (laughs) so uh monzel decided to bring in the consulting firm of freeman fox and partners which was a prestigious English civil engineering firm established in 1857. So like a long time historical British company or English company, whatever. Uh, And Freeman Fox and Partners had in an earlier iteration of the firm consulted on the Sydney Harbor Bridge. Have you ever heard of the Sydney Harbor Bridge? Is that the one uh, across from the (laughs) Opera House? I mean, it's in Sydney Harbor, which is, I believe... I've got the hiccups now, um, which is, I believe, where the opera house is. But there is <laughs> a bridge is that so fun. there is a bridge that runs from like across that, you know, little. It's a very waterfront. iconic bridge. Yes, yeah. it's probably the one you're, the one you're thinking about. Yeah. Yes, like a lot of people have, like tourists have their pictures taken sure. in the, yeah. on the Harbor Bridge. Yeah, on, in America's Next Top Model, when they went there, they did a photo shoot. I'll bet they did. I know that's what everyone was thinking of. You know, everyone was imagining season season seven of America's Next Top Model. Uh, At any rate, so because they had consulted on the Sydney Harbor Bridge back in the 20s and 30s, that obviously um, gave them a lot of clout in Australia for being consultants to this bridge, right? They they were were kind of... um, 
celebs in the <laughs> bridge engineering world, the, uh, I guess, architecture right? world. I, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm sure that actually exists. Like, I'm, like I'm the, sure. Look at all the um, like house uh, remodeling or house building shows we watch. They bring right. in interior decorators, all sorts of different people, people that... Every industry has its, like, stars, right? It's mm-hmm. celebs, it's... And especially architecture. I mean, the, yes, because... Yes, that's serious stuff. Because it's not like they're, like, oh, I make $50,000 a year. No, they make, like, $50,000 an hour. Right. To build, like, some of these places that they... Now, and it's amazing. Remember, they're engineers, just specifically. True. Not yes. Not architects, per se. They are engineers. But yes, yes, you're right. But in the realm of building something. You're right, you're right. Very, I would say... Uh, related industries. Um, And they had more recently at this point consulted on the Severn Road Bridge in Gloucester, England, which was completed in September of 66. So it was understandable why maybe Monzel and Partners felt better with Freeman, Fox, and Partners in their corner. They're like, you know, we're still kind of newbies at this. You guys have a long, successful history of this, so let's bring Freeman Fox on board. And this will definitely come into play down the road if we ever finish this story. The bridge would cross the Yarrow River near its mouth and would run roughly northwest to southeast across. Like, if you look on Google Maps, you can kind of see how it runs. It was designed as a cable suspension bridge. So there are two towers or pylons with cables suspended from there to help support the bridge. Um, A famous, uh, obviously a very famous cable bridge, cable suspension bridge would be the Brooklyn Bridge. Sure. Like, if you imagine that. You know, like that um, Mm -hmm. print that you like at uh, my office? Yeah. Yeah. That that has two pylons, too. So very similar design. And it also employed box girders. And when I was writing this, I knew, like, when we get deep into the construction and design shit of this, it's going to be so hard to talk through. It's going to be so much harder now that I'm halfway through a nine percenter. <laughs> but please bear with me through all of this. Anyway... Uh, Box girders are like beams that support the bridge that are shaped like a hollow box or basically like kind of a closed off U shape. Let me um, let me show you (laughs) as I fumble through my papers. Um, Box girders like once you see them, they make sense, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're like little U shaped. I've jumped off of several of those. Yes. Good. Because they're about 20 feet out of the water. Well, in this case... Yeah, uh, most of them are. Well, but this bridge is going to end up being 165 feet tall. Holy shit. It's a little different. But that's just to show the... the box girders. That's literally all I'm trying to show there. (laughs) Ignore the water. Just look at the box girders. Okay. (laughs) So, as I mentioned before, the, the bridge was going to have a total length of... And this is, I'm getting a little more precise here, 2,582.6 meters, which is roughly 1.6 miles. A maximum width of 37.3 meters, which is 122 feet, with rooms of eight for eight lanes of traffic. So for either way, right? And a clearance from the water of 58 meters or 1,100 feet. That's not correct. That's none of that's correct. Here we go again with meters. Holy shit, guys. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be tall. I think that is at one point the maximum clearance. Anyway. People are saying. People are saying. It's going to be a tall bridge. <laughs> 
Wait, am I making you laugh or are you making you laugh at this point? It's both, I think. Oh, <laughs> continue on. <clears throat> okay. It was a tall bridge. Let's just say that. People are saying. <laughs> People are saying it's a tall bridge. So they had the engineering firm picked, right? For the design. So now solicitations for bids for construction were opened in early 1967. And there were three separate construction contracts to bid on. Contract F, which stand for stood for foundation. So there was the foundation contract, right? Contract C, which stood for concrete. And contract S for the steel. So three separate contracts. And the bids were awarded in 1967 in October to John Holland Constructions, JHC, I may refer to it as, which were awarded the um, concrete and foundation, the C and F contracts. And then World Services and Construction, WSC, remember I said there was going to be a lot of names in here, which was awarded the steel contract, the S, contract S. (sighs) This was all just to get to the construction of this goddamn bridge. So finally, finally, a solid decade after business owners started lobbying for the bridge, construction was finally underway in April of 1968 with an initial hoped for end date of March 1971, though hopes were maybe it could get done ahead of time, wishful thinking, as always, around December 1970. So and not necessarily something you always want in a construction project. For it to go faster than expected. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what did you skip over? What yeah. exactly led to this not taking as long? Fair point. Exactly. So the first phase was the foundation work makes sense. And that was done by John Holland Constructions. Everything went very much to plan in this phase of the construction. And it was finished in, by September 25th, 1969. Now, obviously, that's a long time. That's like over a year. But we're talking a major project. And almost two years ahead of schedule. No, this is just the foundation. Oh, okay. They want to finish all construction. Gotcha. So, so no, there's still... There's still another two years. You're you're right. But but there's a lot more construction to be done. So, um, now, obviously... uh, Or, I should say, rather, Contract C, the concrete Mm -hmm. part... Hello, Jesse. Why are you digging on the paper? <laughs> anyway, contract C, the, the concrete <laughs> contract, was also starting during this time. It's not like there, there was, it was all phases, you know, first the foundation, then sure. the concrete, then the steel. It, there were portions of it that were being done simultaneously. So, um, so... There was a little bit of delay in the concrete portion of the contract. From what I could tell, it had to do with some labor strikes. Hmm. There were some labor issues around this time. You don't say. Yeah, right? Um, But otherwise, it was proceeding along without incident and not horribly off schedule. And as for contract S, which was carried out by WSC, World Services and Construction, Things were not quite going to plan there. So they had to do a bunch of quality testing on the steel, which good. Yeah, because you want to make sure that if you're supporting a giant bridge, you know, a mile and a half long bridge. Yes, exactly. So the 
steel quality testing was being done along with Broken Hill Proprietary Company. You don't need to remember that one. I'm not even sure why I put it in, but at any rate. Uh, the first steel orders were finally put in when construction began in April of 1968. Um, so... Because of sort of the dragging of the end, this part of the contract of the steel by WSC, around February of 1970, the local government started calling foul on them. Okay. A little bit and being like, you're not living up to your end of the bargain. You are causing some delays on this. We wanted to be done by December of 70, March 71 at the latest. You're starting to maybe put us off contract here we don't like this so they actually reached an agreement between the government and wsc that wsc would continue making these box girders but then they would hand them over to john holland constructions jhc um who were in charge of contract c and f the concrete and foundation and they would take it from there so it's kind of like okay whatever you can make them but then you got to hand them over so that we can like come on let's move on right so now (laughs) now to get into a little bit more about the actual construction methods here and i put in parentheses And trying not to get too far in the weeds because I swear, I'm trying to simplify this as much as possible. I wrote that this morning, by the way. (coughs) Um, The bridge was... So this is an enormous bridge, right? It's not just one long piece of... No, we're talking about something almost a mile and a half long. Right. So this is done in spans, right? Which are essentially sections Mm -hmm. of the bridge. And these these spans were numbered. For example, span four to five, span nine to ten, span ten to and eleven. And they they literally go up like Lego pieces. Like well, you, like, well, let's talk about that. Oh, let's okay. talk about how they were going to do it. That's how they're supposed to. Okay, as far well, as I know. Well, so you're not far off. What they decided to do in this case. So you're right that like each of these individual spans normally would be or in in other under other circumstances would be constructed individually, right? And then and erected. And pieced together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they decided to do something slightly different in this case. They decided to split each of these spans in half lengthwise. That's a lot. So they would go up like this, which I'm sure is so helpful for our listening audience who can obviously tell what I'm doing with my hands right now. But so sections, uh, horizontal sections, and then those were cut into sections vertically. We'll have pictures and stuff on the social meets. But essentially we're talking about roughly two different three-quarter mile sections of a bridge going up at the same time that's crazy except those spans were much shorter than that oh, it okay. wasn't it wasn't two half oh okay two three-quarter mile sections okay. these spans were 112 meters long or 367 feet okay i'm not saying that's not substantial it's just definitely not the whole length of the bridge there were multiple gotcha. spans right okay. so so the idea was if we cut these spans into half lengthwise they won't be as heavy so when we lift them the load won't be as great we'll have to do more lifts but they won't be as great so anyway that was the sort of logic between them so we'll we'll have each of these spans we'll construct them and then we'll lift them together in halves and let me show you 
this this is kind of how they do it. You see how there's like a column there? Yes. Half the span yep. is up and then they're putting the other half to meet it. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea. That's the basic idea. And Jesse's sitting on the other paper, so I'll put this on top of him. <laughs> he loves it. Don't you love having paper sit on you, Jesse Pinkman? <laughs> oh, sorry, kitty. Sorry, kitty. As construction... <coughs> I made myself cough. (laughs) Are you enjoying watching me just slowly implode? Yep. Okay. As construction (laughs) continued through the winter. So I know this is going to be super trippy for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. Not good. But this is, this is going into like June and July, which is Southern Hemisphere winter. It's our summer, but Mm -hmm. it's their, their winter. Remember? Um, some concerns were raised in the bridge construction world in general, because again, remember I said like there were multiple bridge or other disasters that we could add to our list. Incidents. Incidents. Well, this was, uh, the fact that the Milford Haven Bridge, later renamed the Cladell Bridge, uh, came to a crashing, sorry, pun intended halt the construction of this bridge during a partial collapse in june of 70 so this was another bridge construction collapse this was in oh shit i didn't even write it and i think it was in wales if i'm not mistaken it was in the uk at any rate um but for it it was something that at this time it happened recently oh like like in the middle of the construction of westgate this happened and it's like okay do we have Uh-oh. something to learn about exactly. this? Exactly, exactly. And everybody's so, like, everybody else, the, the company's like, no, it's it's gonna be fine. Well, no, 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 that's not exactly oh, true. Okay. Four workers died and another five were <clears throat> injured, so this was actually taken pretty seriously. Part of the cause was determined to be inadequate design pertaining to the thickness of certain materials, and for that reason, additional steps were taken in the construction of the Westgate Bridge to strengthen the steel. Being used okay. to span the bridge. So it's not like they didn't do anything. And here's just... I'm, I'm shocked by that. But then again, right? I, have to, I have to remember we're not talking about the United States <laughs> now, right. are we? <laughs> That's exactly right. So this is a photo of the construction of the Westgate Bridge. Just, just, just to give you a general idea. This, I mean, this area looks really pretty. Oh, like it yes. Does. It's like, Australia. Like, yeah, but look at the bay and like all the... Of yeah. course. This is Australia. It's gorgeous. That's why we need to go there. So, we're almost halfway through. <laughs> almost. As August... Tur- oh, my God. Guys. As August turned into September... Why are Rose is joined the podcast. <laughs> is that who I'm turning into? I think so. As August turned into September, a critical issue popped up during the construction. I'm Moira Rose. No. Uh, So, as August turned into September, a critical issue popped up during construction. On span 10 to 11, so on one of these sections, as they went to lift one of the half spans, right? Mm -hmm. One of the halves, the east half span, for placement, it buckled. In the flange. Yeah, that's not good. Do you know what a flange is? I don't. Neither did I. It's just buckling I still don't. and lifting. You're right about that. So Huge sections so of things. I wrote. You want to read that? Okay, now. Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting punchy in my writing now. This is not good. 
Um, I said, okay, now stop hammer time. No, seriously, though. Okay. So this took me... <laughs> this took me... Do you want me to do the hammer dance? No. <laughs> I can see you, but I can't see you. You, you don't want to see me. Um, this took me a while to get, and I'm still not sure I entirely understand it, but here's what I can surmise from everything I read, including from Engineer's Journal. Essentially, beside, because they decided to do that half span thing where they lifted a span as a half and not a whole piece, a part of the free flange. Now, real quick, a free flange, I, I literally wrote, I know, I'm sorry, please hang in there with me. Uh, from what I can tell, a free flange is basically like part of the girder. So it's just like a steel reinforcement girder. Let's think of it as that. Even if that's not completely accurate, let's just think of it that way. Anyway, the flange, because it wasn't, because it was only bearing the load of half of the span, even though it was built to support the entire span, weirdly, that had um, an effect on the... <laughs> the flange the flange actually isn't bearing the full load of what it's expected it's only bearing half now this would not seem to be a big deal because who cares if it's bearing less of a burden right the issue is if it's being overbared born <laughs> um but i said uh why would it have a problem when not bearing the full load because physics i guess so physics is the answer. Science and shit. Science and shit. So something about it having, and I'm directly quoting from Engineer's Journal in case anybody cares or understands. Quote. Yeah. Well, or, or, somebody, say, or, if somebody's, or if somebody's going to call us up, like, I read that in Engineer's <laughs> Journal. I know you I know you copied and pasted it. Oh, my God. So they said uh, that it had, quote, a longer effective length and therefore a lower buckling load than anticipated, end quote. So from what I can tell, that means that the lack of a full load actually caused the buckling in the first place, which is a I little can, counterintuitive. Uh, right. I can kind of see. Yes, that makes sense. OK, I'm you're, glad you're using you're using machinery built for a certain load. That's what you have to use it for. Well, it's not machinery. It's the actual. True. OK, but built it's piece. Right. But it's it's built to withstand a certain load. You're cutting that load in half. So now it's that does a weird thing to it. Think of it this way. Like what we learned at the park today. It's a weak structured fence. All of a for sudden. For the tigers. Right. Mm -hmm. So that they can't get. I don't think that quite applies. But, but I, I like your but logic. I, but I do. Okay. If that helps you, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> okay. It's probably not helping anybody else. I don't anyway. think so. Now, but the main thing is that I think we can all agree on when you're building a bridge out of steel, or rather, if when you're building anything out of steel, what are you expecting steel to be? Strong. Firm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So when it buckles, that's not the, good. No. It's just not good, period. So uh, that that's just that's just goes without saying. But remember, on this bridge also, this half span has to join the other half span. So if one half span is buckling and the other is straight, they're not, not gonna, gonna join work. up. Yeah. So it's 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 like gonna even make this impossible to do. So they had to solve this buckling issue. Now they had some options. Scrap the one half span, right? Build it again expensive 
time consuming. But that's what I would do. That's the right thing to do. <laughs> well, they decided instead that the thing to do would be, well, let's go ahead and put it up. <laughs> okay. That's and that's step one. We're gonna go ahead and erect this. Step two, then we'll figure it out. <laughs> of course. And I shit you not, that's what they did. Well, because they're gonna have to if they put it up well, in the first yeah. place. Yeah, like the next okay. step is going to be we know it's gonna be flawed. It's gonna We just gotta figure out where you know where the flaws are. Exactly. So they are they put this thing up. Jesus and now Christ. that's that is it's beyond a, irresponsible. It is 50 meters or 165 feet up in the air. Buckled. And what couldn't be done 165 feet in the air that couldn't be done on the ground? <laughs> that was really weird voice. I don't know why they did it. I, I was just reading my line. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> that was not that funny. <laughs> they just devised a plan. They devised a plan, damn it. They decided that they were going to remove some of the bolts on the flange from the buckled flange. That should help. Which relieved the stress on it. And I'm going to read the rest of this verbatim because I did my best. And through some other construction methods involving transverge flange plates, I swear to Christ, guys, I'm not even trying here. Let's keep plowing through. They were able to flatten out the buckle. That is verbatim what I wrote on this. Because I gave up even this morning. I liked how you used the uh, double entendre of plowing through. How so? How is that? It's a joke. Don't worry about it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so they 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 worked they worked out the buckle the buckle flattened it worked hooray, and they added new bolts and voila problem solved. Or was it? No, no. I'm it guessing not. it was not. No, because because so now- all they're doing is thinking they're correcting a mistake. While probably making another mistake would be my guess. Well, here's the irony of this. They actually did flatten out this buckle. It did work. But they still had the west half span to put up. So they were like, the east is up. The buckle is solved. Let's put up the west. So they did. But they realized like, hey, at least they were smart enough to say this. We don't want this west part to buckle. So they reinforced the steel. They were very careful. They very carefully erected it. They did not have any buckling. Yay, end of story. Everything is fine. But whoopsie daisy, the two halves didn't match. The camber was off. And what that means is one was slightly offset from the other um, height-wise. Yeah, because one of them is buckling. No, no, no. The the buckle was fixed. This was a separate issue. Okay. This is like a comedy of errors, except it's a tragedy of errors in the end. Jesse agrees. But what I'm thinking is, because one side of it was buckling in the first place, that, it that might have thrown the whole. Yes, it's possible. Yeah, and and who would know? Yes, really? because yes, they fixed it. Right. But, but just because they fixed it doesn't mean now it's back to the original plan. You're right about that because ultimately, from what I could tell, there was no ultimate um, determination of why the camber was off. Um, but, yeah, but that would be my first initial guess would be 
That would not be an unsafe. This was designed to come out this way. Now it's an inch shorter. Mm -hmm. An inch shorter could knock off everything. Here's the thing. thing. It wasn't even an inch. It was four and a half inches off. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Or 11.4 centimeters. When you're trying to put a building together, I don't care if you're talking about a shed. If something is off by four and a half inches, it's way off. I'm yes, way yes, off. You're right. You're right. That's like like if something is off by like oh it's point uh, zero three centimeters, it's like it's like bits. okay we can kind of work with that. You can't kind of work with four and a half inches off. You, mm-hmm. you, you can't. Well, and that was the problem because it's not like tiny differences didn't occur. And That's they a had, huge difference. Right, but now for tiny differences, they did have a procedure. They would use hydraulic jacks to like push up the one just side like, that yeah, was we just lower. Need it, we just need a little bit. Just eke it out, right? Yeah. Until it like snapped into place. No, not that was not that being with, done no. here. Now, think, and of I, your, think of your waist grew four and a half inches tomorrow. <laughs> like honestly, think about that. Your, none of your pants would fit. You're right about that. I mean, really. But if it was a a, a couple millimeters or a yeah, centimeter like, yeah, or something, like whatever, you could, you could make. I'll it notch work, it, yeah. I'll notch another hole in my belt. Right. Yeah. Or like exactly. my or like Uncle Carl has to do. I'll notch another hole in the back of my trucker's cap so that I can, <laughs> so that I can fit on my head. Largest head ever. <laughs> that sounded terrible. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, I'm no construction expert. And just like I'm not a journalist, but I've jerry-rigged a lot of things in DIY projects, home improvement projects. But even I don't think I would be as cavalier as to sort of jerry-rig the difference between a, a, a four fucking, and a, a half bridge. inch, yes, in in a major bridge. But they kind of did, and here's what they decided to do. So, if you were, let me let me put this to you. If you were faced with two halves of this bridge are like four and a half inches off, they're already up. What do you do? What would you do? Well, I've believe it or not, I've come through this process and work several times. And if something is way off, yeah, you got to stop. And okay, what happened? What went wrong? Let's go back through this again. Something's a little bit off, right? No fucking big deal. I mean, really. But four and and a half inches in this case is not... Just a... All right. Most of the tanks I work with, we put 20 kiloliters of water in to to dissolve the raw material. Okay. Let's say I messed up and put 25 kiloliters of water. There's a huge difference. And that's a difference that's going to come out in all sorts of tests. Yes. Because you have to do pH tests and all sorts well, of things. Because you're diluting the yes. material. Yeah. So that is going to come out. Now, if I put it at 20 and a half kiloliters, is anybody really going to notice that even in tests? No. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I fucked up a little bit, but I can work with that. Mm-hmm. But. So the- what. But, but I'm asking you, literally, if you were in a construction project and you had a four and a half inch difference. Shut it down. Just shut it down and, and take it apart and figure fix it. it. Figure yeah. it out what we have to do from here. <clears throat> well, they didn't do that. Yeah, no shit. They kept I'm going. I'm guessing that's why 35 construction workers died. Well, so here's what they Jesus. decided to do. They looked around. I'm not even kidding you here. They looked around and they were like, hey... Did you notice all those concrete blocks that they left from a previous construction site? Oh, my God. Well, 
There's like, I think there was like a total of 10 of them, and they each weighed eight tons. They're like, hey, that's a bunch of weight. What if we put it on the one side of the bridge? You are fucking kidding me. To weigh it down. You are fucking, I'm not kidding you. To weigh it down, and then it will be the right, the the higher side will lower down because of the weight, and then it'll like, ding, ding, connect. Yay. What good problem solving, so they did it. That is the dumbest fucking solution. Eighty tons of concrete block they put on the one side of the bridge. Yep. They're like it'll spring it up like it's a boat. Like it'll make it come out of the water just a little bit more. Then we can attach it. Right. Like what's the worst that's gonna happen? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Jeez, I wonder if there's gonna be stress on the the one part of the So they did this in early September of 1970. Now, one of the Freeman Fox and Partners engineer, Jack Hinshaw, uh, started observing some issues with the plan. And he actually wrote a diary entry on September 9th that said that he observed, quote, obvious obviously overstress maybe it's obvious overstress i could have miswritten sorry obvious overstress due to concrete kentledge end quote now kentledge in this in this case uh, refers to the concrete slabs or concrete blocks right that's called kentledge um nevertheless (laughs) no changes were made and the concrete blocks stayed where they were and in fact seemed to work as October rolled around, it was observed that the four and a half inch difference was pretty much disappeared. It worked. Hooray! But no. <laughs> I didn't put that many O's in this, but I just felt like uh, milking it for a little while longer because now. Okay. So you've got to think of these, there are 10 tons, is that how much they weigh? Is that what you said? The blocks, the concrete blocks. Collectively, they weighed 80 tons. Okay. Those are used to hold up something. Well, I don't know what the purpose of these exact concrete blocks were. Most most likely. Or be a part of a wall or something like that. Most likely that is their purpose. But now they're used to weigh down something, which is the opposite of... So, she's but, out, oh but I do God. want to give a slight spoiler alert. In this whole situation, this isn't actually the biggest problem. Okay. All right. So. No, I'm not all right. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. They they decided to do this thing where they weighed down the one side, the east side, right? Help fix the buckle. Or or rather, not help fix the buckle, but rather. Um, level out merge the two, the two. yes yeah. exactly yeah. and it it was working like these two pieces were coming level and that's fantastic and then guess what happened the west side the west half span suddenly buckled yeah, on its own randomly <laughs> yeah because there wasn't any stress put on or anything or rather i should say and and i did get this wrong i apologize the so the west side was the one that was slightly elevated from the east side. So they put the they put the concrete blocks on the west side to weigh it back down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now the stress of the concrete blocks 
caused the flange to buckle on the west side. Yeah, because there's all this additional pressure being put on it. That wasn't designed to be on it. For (laughs) sitting for a month on it. Exactly. So, so yes, I, I, I said, this is where I put the line. This was truly a comedy of errors until it became a tragedy of errors. Be nice to me. I'm going through tax season. I wrote that this morning. So, guys, I swear to Christ, we have like one and a half pages to go. We can do this. The suffering is almost over. It is almost over. And if For you all are of us. hanging in, I love you. You are wonderful. And this will all be over soon. <laughs> Just let's keep going. Okay. So remember on the east side. Oh, Demetrius. Demetrius. Why do they love paper so much? I'm not I don't sure. understand it. They just like being on things. Oh, is he going to start chewing it? No, I that's Jesse. You. Jesse usually does that. <laughs> so remember how on the east side of the half span, they loosened their bolts and did their little hocus pocusy thing, and that kind of helped. And then they redid it, and it all worked out. Yeah, in the, you know, in, the, in the short term. Yes. Well, it all worked. So the idea was, hey, if that worked on the east side, let's just do that on the west side, right? Let's just do the same thing. Fix it the same way. That's a set, the long and the short of it was let's fix this the same way. So on October 14th, 1970, yet another Freeman Fox engineer we named so many companies in this and so many engineers. It's hard to keep them straight. But at any rate, his name was David Ward. He gave the orders to start the flange fix on the west half span of span 10 to 11. So this was the the part that had bowed. And they're like, okay, well, let's do the little hocus pocusy, flangey, bolty thing. Let's just fly <laughs> by the seat of our pants. It's only a bridge we're building here. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So the next morning... Thursday, October 15th, around 8.30 a.m. local time, they started carrying out these orders. So they started loosening the bolts in the west span. And it was not smooth sailing. There were some issues that they ran into, but they were still working with it. Um, Like some of the plates slipped and jammed bolts into their holes, but they used air guns. And anyway, I didn't even get into the half of this shit. Like... Well, the, I mean, go to westgatebridge.org if you want to read that deeply. I think it. we are all picturing, picturing it's a shit show. <laughs> I mean, really. A little bit, but it still is all kind of holding together. For now. For now, but that 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 being the operative term. And I'm so, get, I'm guessing some of the crew that worked on this were kind of like, what the fuck I don't are even we know. doing? So so they kind of troubleshot the whole thing as they were going and being like, okay, well, you know, this this is jamming and this is doing this. But at any rate, they were able to successfully remove 37 bolts. Which, okay. I don't know, that seems like a lot. Um, are you done, Jesse? Don't chew the script. You look so offended now. So if you want that chewed script. Yeah, if anyone wants you can these bid scripts. For it. You... <laughs> I'm kidding, No, you just have to send your address and we'll send it to you, I, I promise. Um, if you want genuine has, Jesse has teeth, teeth marks. marks. And scratches. And, and claw prints, apparently, because he likes to claw at the paper. You are so distracting me, Jesse Pinkman. Stop it. Anyway. All right, we have to get serious now. 
37 bolts had been removed. Now Ward, David Ward, the engineer from Freeman Fox, was on site keeping an eye to make sure nothing went wrong. So there was somebody actively monitoring this situation. Then around 11 a.m., something went wrong. Uh, the, The buckle which was initially just kind of like on one section of this of the flange, spread. So it's like, uh-oh, okay, we're trying to make this better and this is not getting better. This is actually actively getting worse. So Ward himself, along with several other people on site, felt the bridge move slightly. Mm. That, that is not good. <laughs> I don't know if I need to state the obvious, but bridges in general, you should not be able to feel them move. So, um, that goes for a house. <laughs> it a goes tunnel. for most structures. It goes for a lot of things. A boat, you can you can feel motion. A that's, train, that's you fine. can feel motion. A yep. car, you can feel etc. A plane, even you can oh, feel. Yeah, there you yeah. go. But yeah. anything on the ground where gravity is mm, the principal force. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't really feel anything move. Not generally. Not a structure anyway. Yeah, exactly. So now this understandably alarmed David Ward. Um, And so he called for Jack Hinshaw, who was on another part of the site. Now this is showing how much I've had to drink because I'm like, did I even mention Jack Hinshaw? I know I did because I wrote it into the script, but he was another one of the engineers. At any rate. (laughs) Good old Jack. Oh, good old Jack Hinshaw. So Hinshaw joined... Now, remember, this is a giant bridge. So it's not like they were all on the same spot no, on the construction site. No, so he joined, people, are, people are all over the place. Right, so he eventually came over, joined Ward, and they assessed the situation. Now, initially, it didn't look like things were going too badly. So there was the buckle concern. They had felt the motion. They were like, huh, don't know. Um, but they were concerned because they were like well the buckle did grow and that's not what we were going for this isn't good so they asked garrett hardenberg one of the higher ups at wsc to let him know uh, they contacted him to, to let him know what was going on and to ask him to come to the site to help him evaluate the situation like hey we think basically what i interpret this as is this is above our pay grade you need to come and, like, mm-hmm. we're concerned about this. Yeah. Please come and make a call about this. This this is when supervisors are calling their supervisors. Exactly. I mean, like, yes. hey, I'm not signing this off on not, this ex- one. Yep, you are absolutely like, right. this is up to you. So Hinshaw's on the phone with Hardenberg. And around 11.50 a.m., Hinshaw said to Hardenberg, quote, shall I get the bods off? End quote, meaning... Should we evacuate this bridge? Like, oh, should get we the get, bodies get off. Get the bods, the bodies. Yeah. I sh- should I get the bods off? I think I just collectively offended everyone in the continent of Australia. If they weren't on fire right now, they would take oh, it much oh more seriously. But, but they're I like, think, I think they're going to let you slide on like, that one. We're not even listening. Thank no, you. No, they've tuned out by now. Okay. So, unfortunately, that was the... <laughs> This is going to get dark, so you can't, you have to stop laughing. I'm sorry. We can't continue with I you know. laughing. I'm sorry. You okay I'm now? Good. Okay. Yeah. So that was the last thing Hardenberg heard and the last thing Jack Hinshaw ever said. <sighs> so span 10 to 11 collapsed. 
And they are 160 feet in the air? Um, roughly 165 feet. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, good luck so with that. So the collapse could be heard for several miles. Holy shit. 2,000 tons of building materials. So concrete, steel. Everything. Everything. Equipment. People. Yep. People. Everything. Everything. Fucking. Um, tumbled down. One witness watching through his office window and nearby factory said, quote, the bridge section was left dangling at a crazy angle. It was like slow motion. Then it collapsed in a heap of rubble. The bang was monstrous. It shook me out of my chair. I saw flames burst into the air. Holy fuck. Now there was, I did see some reference to an explosion, which I imagine was like from things falling. Oh yeah. But here are um, a couple of pictures for you to look at at the actual collapse. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, Yeah, it's not good. No, no Mm -hmm. chance. No chance for anybody who was on that. Yeah. Well, but here's the interesting thing. Let's keep going. In the end, the collapse killed 35 construction workers and engineer. 33 people died on the site. Two people died later at hospital. Sure. Um, one of the dead included Jack Kinshaw, as I mentioned. And 18 other people were injured. Many of the dead and injured were workers sitting in lunch huts mm. under the or near the bridge when it collapsed. And then debris fell on them. And then they were crushed and, and killed. Because remember, this was around 11.50 a.m. That's like basically lunchtime, right? What we use to hang on, I I work with raw material and mm-hmm. giant tanks that hold yeah. a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Most of the bags that I lift into the air, we're using a, um, like a pulley system. Okay. Yep. To, to lift the bags into it. the air. Mm-hmm. Yes. Those bags weigh generally... 300 to 600 uh, kilograms. Oh, okay. Which is seven to 800 pounds. If one of those just fell off all Jesus. of a sudden, it would it would crush anybody who was underneath it. Don't like, not even. Don't worry about you. No, you, but you know safety. You don't stand under them. Oh, when okay. You look, good. You have, a, you have a switch in your hand. But gotcha. some people occasionally do, you know, cry. And it's, and I've done it before, but it's like, well, it's not going to, but, you know, it might. But it's that's what this is reminding me of, like debris like that coming yeah. down. Oh, holy shit! You're, you're you're done. Well, first of all, it's very it's very heavy. Two thousand tons is oh, that's fucking yeah, massive. I'm not even talking about anything close to that. Right, and it would, and it would right. still kill you. But then this is also coming down at a from a hundred from gravity. Feet. Yeah, exactly. I'm talking about three hundred kilograms coming down from like twenty feet, it's and I'd so, still be dead. Oh my god! So, so no awful. fucking chance with this. So awful. So those who survived were either downright lucky, and I'll give you an oh, example. Shit. This was again from um, WestgateBridge.org. So there was a 24 year old named Vincent Rosewarn who landed on a piece of mesh. That basically like acted like a trampoline mm-hmm. and like bounced him back into relative safety. It's not like he wasn't injured, but he was not crushed. Right. He so, was he was out of the he was out of the shit. Right, right, exactly. So to speak. And just like randomly. But um 
Or they managed to, in some cases, hang on to portions of the bridge that didn't end up crushing them. So here's an example of that. A 42-year-old named John Thwaites grabbed a steel girder and held on to it all the way down. And he managed to walk away with two black eyes. Mm-hmm. That was his injuries. I mean, I'm sure he felt awful, too, like just like terribly beat up. But like, he did walk away. Um, 41-year-old Pete Marola said, quote, One minute I was standing on the span. Then there was a great cracking sound and everything was falling. All the way down, I kept thinking I could end up in hundreds of pieces. Then I opened my eyes. I was in great pain, but still alive, and I started to scream for help. End quote. Can you imagine how just... The shock of terrifying it. Terrifying. And then and then being like... Massively terrifying. I'm still alive. Like, holy shit. How the fuck well, cause did one that of two, happen? One of two things happened. Either you were like, holy shit, I'm still alive, or nothing. Or nothing, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, of course, some of the survivors were subjected to the horrible effects of PTSD. Uh, yeah. For example, um, Nick Grosso said, quote, there were men lying all around me. Some of my mates were dead. Others were moaning, help, 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 end quote. I mean, that's just, that's just horrific. 29-year-old survivor Desmond Gibson's hair turned completely gray. 29, turned completely gray within a few months. Just like his body was just like, okay, I'm we're done. Yeah. We're done. Just we're not even gonna try. And his hair turned gray. He died at the age of 32 oh after God. suffering his fourth heart attack. At 32 after all four heart attacks occurred after this disaster. This literally the stress of this surviving this killed, killed him. It's terrific. Absolutely horrific. And it was probably a worse way to go because he had to suffer he during that to, time. Right? So here's a, a picture of rescuers. Um, and I didn't put a lot in, a, or actually I didn't put anything in about the rescuers, but to be clear, people did, you know, risk their lives in rubble oh, and sure. such to, to help save people, which is obviously very admirable. And then this is what the bridge looked like with the missing span. You can see oh it my there. Yeah. god! Just gone. You can't. Yeah, that makes it. That puts it. It does way help more put it into perspective because you right? can't tell that from the overhead shot how no. wide that span is. Wow. Well, it's three hundred thirty-six feet, right? Yeah, but so but the overhead shot does not do it justice. Yeah, no, all. you're right. You're right about that. Wow. So. Obviously, it, it, looks like, it looks like somebody just like smashed like a part of it, like it's a. It's like, or like, it's like, like they the, never even tried to put it up in the yeah. first place, right? It's just gone. Yeah. So an investigation, obviously, into the bridge collapse was started swiftly on October twenty eighth, nineteen seventy. The Royal Commission of Inquiry into the Failure of Westgate Bridge was chaired by Victoria Supreme Court Justice Edward Barber who released the commission's report on August 3rd, 1971. The whole report is available as public record. The inquiry revealed that the buckles and the... uh, Well, that's what revealed the buckles and the attempts to rectify them. So basically, I've been telling the story all along of what they found, right? Um, But their findings included that the primary cause of the collapse was that Freeman, Fox, and partners, quote 
failed altogether to give a proper and careful regard to the process of structural design. End quote. In other words, they, this was a shitty design. Yeah, they didn't, bad, they didn't just give like, a shit. That was just a bad design. And that they didn't and, do... And, and we know they didn't give a shit. Well, and that they didn't do the proper safety checks that they should have on WSC, their subcontractor, right? And then secondary blame was laid on WSC and, and JHC for not taking enough care in erecting the half spans. So it was, it was a design flaw and then a construction flaw is essentially, it was like a one-two punch, right? The reasons for the collapse were found to be uh, oh, sorry. Uh, the commission's report also stated, quote, the tragedy of the 35 deaths was utterly unnecessary. The reasons for the collapse are found to be in the acts and omissions of those entrusted with building a bridge of a new and highly sophisticated design, end quote. And so from what I could tell, now I, I did look in to see like, okay, well, what lawsuits were brought? You know, who's held... I couldn't find anything. And and maybe that is not to say that nothing happened. I'm just saying that I couldn't find anything. So if and also their, does, their we'll court system it, could work completely different than ours. That's another that's another so. point. You're you're right. <laughs> so now this whole incident, remember how the um the bridge in Wales affected this construction, mm-hmm. like they were reinforcing the steel and stuff? Well, this rightly scared people who were currently constructing bridges into checking their designs for safety. And not only that, but many bridges worldwide with similar designs were temporarily shut down. Yeah, because I'm sure to be workers... be like, hey, wait! I'm sure, I hope, I'm pretty sure, workers worldwide were like, hey... Now, that's on uh, construction, but I'm, I'm saying, like, built and running bridges, up and running bridges... But just yeah, in a that, similar well, design, yeah. they actually closed down temporarily to be like, That's, hey, can we yeah. keep these running? Hmm. This caused a lot of reflection in the bridge Good. world. <laughs> I guess that's a thing, the bridge world. But anyway. It is a thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, think of how many bridges there are yeah. all over the world. Uh, so that was until they could be tested for safety. That's, so I mean, oh, now if, if I was somebody who worked on a bridge and this shit just happened twice. Holy shit. Yeah, like, right? Like a one-two like, punch. I'd be like, hey, uh, I'm not doing this this and that until you do this this and that but you know it's so but so you, but you don't awful. have that power probably that's true and while we are still well within like a post um labor rights era labor has always been notoriously taken advantage of but at any rate um but even if you were like look i'm not going up on that bridge a lot of people who died were not on up on the bridge they were in those no. huts mm-hmm. So that's awful. So construction on the Westgate Bridge resumed in 1972. So obviously it took a while to get it up and running, but they did. I mean, and I understand that because you cannot scrap an entire project. You do need to review it I was going to say, they were either going to complete it where it was or just tear it down and start over. Right, those, yeah. those are the only yeah, two options. Basically. It probably should have been option B, but whatever. Well, Let's and see. here's the thing. The bridge opened on November 15th, 1978. That's six years after it resumed. Mm-hmm. So they clearly were taking their time. And for good reason. It remains in operation to this day. And so here, any of our listeners in Mabin... Oh, wow. Okay. I have seen this bridge. You have? Yes. Really? Yes. 
the Yarrow Bridge? Because it looks like... Or the Westgate Bridge, right? Yes, because it, it, all of those look like a, the way the lights are structured. Mm-hmm. It, it looks, looks like, like a North Star. Yeah. It looks like North Star all yeah, it along does. it. Yeah. Okay. No, it's that's a gorgeous bridge. It is pretty. It is very pretty. Unfortunately, thirty-five uh, yeah. people died to make it pretty. And that is one of the. Um, and then people afterwards. It is one of the main uh, architectural feats that we've accomplished. That it serves a serves a grand purpose. Obviously, transport. Mm-hmm. But it can also look gorgeous. Like there right. are bridges all right. over the world you're right that you're like that. you're mm-hmm. like, wow. It's a great architectural feat as well yes. as a, a it's it's aesthetically beautiful and it's practical. Yeah. It's you know. You're right about that. So so yeah, that's still up and running to this day. Wow. If any of our Mabin friends want to take a picture, that'd be awesome. Look at the uh Yeah, right. Look at the contrast. Oof. And I'm not sure where this lines up, but yeah, you're yeah. right. But the yeah. Jesus. So on October fifteenth, two thousand four, the Westgate Bridge Memorial Park was open on the west side of the bridge in memory of those who died in the collapse. And as I recall, and I'm going off script here, but I think it it included some pieces of the wreckage as part of the memorial, which is okay. Fitting, that makes you know? makes sense. So after. The I-35 West Bridge collapse in Minneapolis. Remember I said I was going to call back to that? In 2007, a large-scale project was undertaken to inspect the bridge for any structural weakness, especially considering that its current traffic volume is much higher than the original design, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that makes that's, sense. That's what happened with the I-35 yep. bridge. In 2009, a large-scale strengthening project of the bridge began that ended in June 2011. So they did respond to that. And that, my friends, I got through it. That is the West Gate Bridge collapse. We all, <gasps> got, we all got through it. We all got through it. Together. Oh, my God. Guys, I'm so sorry. There's nothing to be sorry about. <sighs> You did all the research. It's a fascinating story. It's a sad story, but that's what we do here, unfortunately. (laughs) That says it perfectly. I mean, uh, with the the exception of like four or five episodes, I mean, everything we cover is tragic. Yeah, we're hoping to maybe lighten it up slightly next week, right? With a collab episode between you and me? Yes, but it won't be completely lightened up. It won't be completely without tragedy, no. No. Because these weirdos are listening because it is tragic. Yes. What's wrong with you people? I'm not sure. What's oh. wrong with us? That's that's the original that's the question. Better, that's the better question. <laughs> so, about that. leaving off on that note, we're oh, oh, way God. far into this episode. I'm not editing this tonight. No. Nope. Well, I don't edit or in ever. general, but you know what I mean. Splicing the ends. Blah, blah, blah. So we're not going to do that. No. What we are going to do is sign off. Yes. And say that we love you very much. We thank you very much. Remember, go to Alex's. Yes, please. Whatever donation. you think of us, don't make that rub off on Alex unless it's good. <laughs> if you like us, awesome. Please go donate to Alex. If you don't like us, don't let that cloud your judgment about Alex. And we'll put the yes. donation link up on all of our social media. Yes, and I'll be better about doing that more frequently to make sure that that Alex gets the support she needs because that is very important. Absolutely. All the time and especially now. 
Yes. And this has been another oh, episode. But you oh, need I'm to sorry. say this. I'm, th- I'm, that I've was got a new, the... I've got a new twist to it. Oh, no. That new twist is trying to, <laughs> pull, a, trying to pull a cat <laughs> off of the... Off I, of the paper. Who has the paper? Oh, here it is. There it is. Because I know it's very similar to the bridge collapse we did before. The I-35, uh, yeah. Yes. So that was the Westgate bridge collapse, which happened in Australia. Maybe. Melbourne. I remember I was given license by an Australian to say Melbourne. That means specifically. That means that I was given that license too. Okay. We are, <laughs> by proxy. Yes, absolutely. So that was the Westgate Bridge collapse. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And we'll see you next week.